Okay, so it's Wednesday, which means it's another podcast day. It is so beautiful outside. It feels so nice outside. The wind is so nice. gorgeous. Um, one of the things I'm most grateful for in this house is this view that I have. Um, my old view was not bad either. Like, I had a really good view of the sky, but it was just, like, backyard. Mm-hmm. And so to see such a skyline of trees is very relaxing and have that color contrast with that blue and that green mm-hmm. bam it's like popping so um i like that and i'm so glad that you're here Yay. um and we have decided that we are going to be kind of doing a continuation of those specials that we did check them out in the four-part series of having the best sex of your life um before we do I'm Rachel Vogt, <laughs> and my best friend Jess Anderson is here, and tell people where they can find you. You can find me at photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook, or you can check out my private group. It's Boudoir Photos with Anderson. And y'all already saw the those adorable photos! They were. Yes, adorable. my heart was soaring when I looked at them because, oh, like, it was, it was not as hot as I anticipated, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about these family photos that Jess took of my two-year-old and the rest of my family. Um, Go check them out because I was ecstatic because you just have no idea. Olivia was just so uncooperative (laughs) and wanted to just run amok. So you did so good with what you you had. (laughs) So I'm excited. Um, And I just got so many compliments on that skirt. Yeah. I'm actually thinking of returning it. Is that crazy? (laughs) No. But it was cute. Yeah. But, um, so go check them out. That's that's why you should have Jess do your photos because she'll capture your family in the best version of what is happening. Because I am always going to know, like, I'm genuinely laughing because I'm like, ah, what are you going to do about it? Right. And so people are kind of having to force it <laughs> from time to time, including the baby. So um, I appreciate that you were able to capture. That's what I just kept saying. This is who she is. This is who she's too. She's too. So it's fine. Um... And for myself, I don't know, I got so much crap going on right now. It's great. It's keeping me, I feel like, focused and productive for sure. So we got Thursday, we have Cooking in Chef Tone's Kitchen. I'm so excited because it's um, our winner from last week who got the spaghetti bake, Brittany. She is so fantastic. Gave Tony three ingredients and he's going to make something out of it. Hmm. Very cool. I know. So I'm excited to see what it is. I don't think, I don't know even know if he knows what he's doing yet. And I forgot what they are, but they're on the marker board in the kitchen. So I'm excited to share that. Um, so make sure that you tune in Thursday at 7.30 because if you share the video, you can win it for free. Yay. Last week was an original Tony recipe. I didn't even know that. Really? Yeah, it was so good. Um, there's some in the freezer I should... We'll talk about that later. (laughs) So anyway, um, uh, (laughs) if you are looking for some sexual wellness and intimacy building, um, come on over to the VIP page. You have to be 18 years or older and a feminine energy to be accepted. But it's got some good stuff happening over there. Uh, Some of my favorite articles are being posted lately. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And Instagram, you can watch me on Vote for Parties. Still screwing up my story. It's fantastic. Oh, my God. I'm over it. Okay. So that's all great stuff. Today, we decided to kind of start picking apart each of those episodes where I feel like we either got the highlight or the most doors started to opening. Like, yeah. oh, 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 oh. Um, those, that's where we tend to get the feedback. So today, we're going to, you just say it. I don't want to say it. 
<laughs> Are you wanting me to choose between the two that were? No, gonna... I think I thought we decided, right? No. I'm so excited. Oh, you are? Yeah. Well, what are we talking about today? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I thought we knew. No, we. This is first time ever. I thought we had. We had. We don't have one. No. I think. I think it's this one. Yeah. That's what I thought too. Okay. (laughs) See. So today we're talking about oral sex. Yeah. Um. I just have to say, like, if I can be the most genuine I've ever been and transparent, I, I, there was, there's an evolution in my life for this. And I believe that you should have an appreciation for it if your partner is into it. Oh, yeah. And for anybody that's like, oh, I've had a bad experience, that's okay. But if you found one bad flavor of ice cream, would you stop looking? Or if you came across a bad flavor of ice cream, I guess you would say. Something like that? Yeah, something. I mean, it's all ice cream, but... You don't have to like peanuts in your ice cream. Right. You can like sprinkles instead. So it's all about finding what works for you. And again, I want to stress this on every podcast we talk about sex. What you see in porn is not real. What you see in porn is not the standard. What you see in porn is not. It's not an instruction guide. It is not. No. So you very much so have to go into it blindly and figure out what works for you and what. And know that that's okay. Yeah. It's like an Etch-A-Sketch. Reset it every time you're with somebody new. And it's okay to ask for feedback. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I'm finally getting to the place in my relationship and I, I I hope that Brett's okay with me sharing this and I think that he he would be or else I wouldn't share it. Um, But I, during oral favors that I'm giving to him, I'm often asking for feedback. I'm just like, okay, does this feel better or does this feel better? And he's just like, they both feel great. And I'm, I'm like, okay, nah, but what do you I'm want? Trying, I'm trying to make it better for you. Exactly. I'm like, I'm trying to give you the best blowjob in the world. You have to tell me what you like, what you don't like, or what kind of feels good, what doesn't feel good. It's like, when I do this, can you feel my teeth? Like, there's so much going on down there that I, I'm finally comfortable enough with a male partner that, or a partner with a penis that I can ask that, those kind of questions. And he, he does not have great history when it comes to other, like, receiving oral favors because he's had a couple of, of previous partners um, either just, like, make a disgusting face when the subject comes up or during the oral favors that he's receiving, he's had female partners um, say, are you done yet? My jaw hurts. Or, like, just make him feel like something was wrong with like him. It was a chore. Exactly. And that they were not enjoying it. And I had to stress for, we've been together for 19, 20 months now. I have stressed since day one. That is something that I enjoy doing. Um, like, great, amazing. I would do it every day if he let me. But he's still getting over that mental block of, well, every girl, I, well, not every girl, but the women that stand out in my head when I think of oral favors have always told me that this was wrong, or this wasn't fun. You know, Jess is probably just pretending. Like, she's just like putting on a show and I'm just like I had to break it down what I enjoyed about it like that I enjoy hearing moans and sounds and like like feedback like that was great or keep doing that or the little like head pat that most girls like it's not really a pat but the thing that most girls like complain about like when guys grab your hair during oral favors I enjoy that I'm just like yeah that tells me that I'm doing something right but it's it's been a lot of communication and a lot of conversation and it was not just day one that we started doing and it was perfect I wouldn't say it's perfect yet, but it's getting great. <laughs> and I, I'm enjoying it still. And I will say that there are days that my jaw hurts afterwards, but then I like look in the mirror and I'm like, I feel like my jawline's getting a little bit stronger. So, <laughs> I'm building so some it is muscles. all worth it. Um, yes, I, 
I would say, like, it needs to go back to, uh, like, where did your influences of this come from? Where did you learn about it? How mm-hmm. do you know what it is? And what light did you see it through? And um, know that whatever you're okay with is okay, and whatever you're not is also okay. Meaning that, um, you know, for a lot of women, I know that they like to, they like to give but not receive. And the I'm one of those women. Yeah, for the, sure. Yeah, the other is true as well. Maybe you like to receive, but you don't like to give. Uh, <clears throat> but that just needs to be again a conversation with your partner because maybe like if if it's not like everything, there's compromise in terms mm-hmm. of. And I think that that's also will become important later in exploration. So uh, I feel like I come from almost an entirely opposite perspective where um, I I always feel inadequate and in unsure okay yeah. and um and i like my like i said i have an evolution of appreciation because it, i was absolutely i don't it was never like intentionally awful mm-hmm. you know like i mean i don't mean just like skill wise i mean like, like you were mean like what you were saying yeah. like like ugh, and like i'm complaining about it like maybe like if it was like you know asked over dinner and i would like roll my eyes or something stupid like that but you know never in the moment or anything like that but it was definitely not my favorite activity that's for darn sure and I would just be like, well, I prefer, mm-hmm. let's just not, whatever. Okay. But like, like you had said, I think that, I think that when you feel like you're with somebody that you can really trust and somebody who can make you feel incredibly comfortable, um, not only in your own skin, but together, then that's where it, the, the evolution happens together too. And that's where yeah. you feel that, that level of comfort that you can ask whatever. And I would say this would be another conversation where I would tie back if, if it's not, in the moment, as brave as Jess can be, text them about it later. Oh, yeah. And I will preface this saying that I am 27 years old. Brett, as much as I love him and wish I could say he is the first guy I've ever given a blowjob to, he is not. <laughs> okay? There have been a couple over the years. And so it is I like not... you said a couple. <laughs> a couple. Um, it is definitely... It ain't counting on two hands here. <laughs> um, <laughs> there, it, it has been, a, like, I don't want to say evolution, but it's... I had to find out who I was in and out of the bedroom before I became comfortable talking about sex. So it wasn't just something that, like a Tinder hookup, I would start asking for feedback in the moment. Sure. But yeah. I would take cues. I would like the same thing. I would yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, file that away. Like if if he was completely silent and stiff as a board the entire time, I would just be like, okay, well, what I did obviously wasn't great because there wasn't any like nonverbal feedback. Um, there was also times where. <laughs> <laughs> he shall name nameless. Um, he, he orgasmed very quickly because I did this thing with a little bit of suction and a little bit of twisting of my tongue, and he like was speechless afterwards to the point where we started laughing because he was just like, "I don't know what to say," and I was like, "You said enough. It's fine." Like I was very, very proud and confident, and like so, it's those little wins. It's like you take the awkward, like, "Oh, that didn't obviously that didn't go," or maybe that didn't go as well as I thought it was. So then you twist, you know, you, you change up your techniques, you do a little bit of research, you do a little bit of reading. Um, erotic novels are great, you know, just forums online about sexual pleasure. I found a thread on Reddit one time about guys talking about what they like during oral favors, and I just absorbed as much information as I possibly could. And then when you're in the moment, it's kind of like an information overload for me sometimes, because I'm like, okay, gotta do this. And then it's like almost like doing mechanics on a car to me where it's like there's so many moving parts even though it's a penis and a mouth but 
<laughs> there's so much going on, so much technique that you there's could like quantum do. physics over really here. Is. But to me, like that's that's what I viewed it as for the long time, and now it's I'm confident in the things that I'm doing feel good, and I ask for feedback for the partner that I'm currently with to make sure that the things I interpret as feeling good are not him like wincing in pain because I would never want to inflict pain on my partner. But he has, he was not like immediately comfortable giving back feedback. Like he didn't know what to, to make of that when I started asking questions in the middle of fellatio. Like mm. he would just be like, oh yeah, like, okay, you can continue. Like, like he didn't know. Dialogue. Like, dialogue. And he didn't want to offend me. And I was just like, babe, right now I want to pleasure you. So you can tell me what you like and what you don't like. And I will not be offended. I will try to do better. So it's. It definitely was not, like, confidence about asking questions in the middle of the act from the get-go. It was more than one partner over more than one year. Like, 27 years of life. Whoa, whoa. I can't even remember how old I was when I started. (laughs) (laughs) It was a young age. It was. But it's over multiple years, multiple partners, learning how to perfect my confidence. Because I don't even want to say perfect my technique. It's perfect my confidence when it comes to the act. So it's... Don't expect to show up on day one and feel comfortable with anything and everything. Like, you have to take it a step at a time. Right. Well, which is why I find it interesting that that's what kind of, like, what people lead in with. Like, you know, you go from making out to fondling to oral. Yeah. Which is just, it's, like, in. I mean, I could be off. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, that's what it was like when I was growing up. And that's what like it's like in almost every standard porn video. But I will also say that I did, I, I that I skipped that step. I skipped that step, and I didn't do that until after I was no longer a virgin. So, and I don't regret that, but I think that, that that's not typical. Is that right? Um, I don't know what's typical, I guess. I I definitely gave and received oral sex before, before I had intercourse, penis-vagina intercourse. Peno, penis, yeah. Vagina, intercourse. yeah. But I don't want to say that that's normal. I think it's... I, to me, it would be 50-50, because I think that there's a lot of girls that are f- afraid of putting their mouth mm. on a penis, or... A mouth or or having, vagina. Yeah, yeah. Or having somebody down there because, as all women know, vaginas do not smell like flowers. Vaginas have natural discharge. So there's a lot of girls. Very that are natural discharge. Very natural. But those are things that boy, you know, middle school, high school boys are going to be like, ew, gross about. So when you're first starting to get sexual, it's very, to me, it's very normal to feel insecure mm-hmm. about having a partner put their ha- head between your. You know, your, it's, your legs. No, we should say it's common. It's common. It's not normal. You shouldn't feel insecure. No. Yeah. It's common. Yeah. Common, but not normal. So yeah. don't feel insecure about it at all. You, you shouldn't. Right. I I wish that every girl felt confident yeah. to let it happen. If Correct. They were, if they wanted it to happen. But it's common to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Ab- about receiving oral favors, especially. But I do know a couple of girls that, um, in, in the ordering room, have... <laughs> have mentioned that they've never given oral favors because they either have had bad orthodontia stuff and, like, mm-hmm. anything going in their mouth is painful, painful, traumatic. Yeah. They feel like they have a narrow jaw and they just don't want to hurt because they've heard horror stories from their friends. Um, I had one gal open up to me about the fact that the first time um, a guy ever tried to go down on her was after they had had a little bit of... Um, penis vagina sex with a condom on 
and that he went down and came right back up because he said it smelled like burnt rubber. And then he didn't think, oh, that's because of the condom. He thought that that's just what her vagina smelled like. <laughs> and so she got very insecure sure. and for sure. years would not let men anywhere near her because she like she was just had that insecurity. And then as she got older and started learning about sex, she realized, oh, it was probably because we had already had sex. And so there was already fluids and friction and heat down there. And so he just wasn't prepared for it, but he didn't have a great reaction. So there's, I don't know, there's a lot of yeah, reasons so, why yeah, yeah, yeah. girls would be uncomfortable with giving or receiving. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. Yes. And again, you might have your own evolution of that. So maybe with the right partner, maybe uh, with the right diet and mental space and all of those types of things you might feel comfortable. And I will tell you as well that if, if at any point it's just never going to be it, maybe you just have other methods of pleasure that you prefer. That's yeah. okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So, yes, I would say that, um, like what you said earlier when you were talking about confidence versus technique. Oh, yeah. Because I think both are important. <laughs> but technique is the thing that can be taught. Yes. That's the thing that can be taught. And that's where that's where you talk to your partner. That's where you ask the questions. Um, and that's where that's the, you know, I, we, I think we've probably talked about this on another podcast, too. If you go back to that until you get to a level uh, of where you can have the conversations in person mm-hmm. where you don't feel uncomfortable because it, you should have it with intention. The intention is to build upon the previous experience and gain more pleasure, more connection with each other. Um, and I think that that's part that that's a, that's a new level because like partner pleasing is a, a, a like a level intimacy of like a boost of I don't know like from one to two an intimacy building you know yes. what I mean so it's not the standard of intimacy it's right the next level right which is unfortunate because that's just again what people portray is that sex is functional at most and um, loud and everybody finishes and it's it's unrealistic in most terms unless you are talking to your children about what they should be expecting Mm -hmm. um or what you want them to have Mm -hmm. more importantly so it goes back to that i would say and then um yes the next one of the next levels is the i'm having such a good time how do we elevate this well what if I research partner pleasure instead of just what am I getting out of this? Mm-hmm. Now that that's great, which I think is a that that level is really important for women specifically. Is how do I get to? I feel great. I receive what I want to receive. I'm able to tell my partner what I want to receive. I think that that level is that's deep. It is deep, and I wish that I had the magical like fairy wand that I could help everyone get there quickly because it. I mean, yeah, if you talk to children from a very young age, you couldn't instill it, but most of us are past that, so we have to Wait, undo some sh- right, real quick. But in my opinion, to reach your best sex potential, not just the best sex you've had previously, but the best sex you could possibly have would come from communication between you and your partner versus, like, asking what you can do to for them yeah. and their pleasure to, to make it the best possible, and your partner asking you... And you telling your partner, like, if they're not asking the right questions, you telling them. And just being kind of blunt about it, but blunt with purpose. <laughs> like, intention. Intention. Um, yeah. I mean, I wish I had that magical answer yeah. for everybody, but it takes. But just get started <sighs> now. Yeah. Like, and communication. Yeah. Etch just sketch it. <laughs> okay. Yes. They don't make those it. noise, but, you know. Um, find dirty, like, not dirty, but, like, find sexual gifts 
because um, they exist, um, of things that you want to try and you can just text them to your partner. It's like the little short 10 second video of like something that you want to get started with or try. You can text your partner. <laughs> what in the world do you search for? Girl. <laughs> 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 do you have to be very specific or can you be vague? Because I'm you can be really vague. You can just put sex and like okay. very like sexy type of gifts. It's not going to come up with porn, but sure. it's like well, I hope like, not. I don't know. It's like things to do to a popsicle or like things uh, to do with the clothes or just like breaking the like the scene from Twilight where they break the bed. Like uh-huh. I don't remember Twilight, movie. but there it's just little gifts. But it's it's foreplay. It's a form of foreplay. Sure, absolutely. It's, you know, teasing your partner, telling or showing your partner something that you want to try or, or do. And then you can text your partner if you're not comfortable having a conversation in, in person or if you're in a room full of people and you don't feel comfortable just be like, hey, you want to go have sex? You, you know, dirty talk over text message and then build that up, build up your confidence to talk to your partner in person before sex, after sex, and then during sex. Absolutely. Um, so I was listening to this thing the other day about time and how, you know, we focus so heavily on well, the past and the future mostly, but we have this theory that the past exists somewhere. You know what I mean? Like you think about it as like it exists somewhere, but it doesn't, it doesn't exist. So it's so funny to me that well, this is something that you'll learn. You'll start to go through, right? Is that whatever happened back then doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So if you just focus on what's so good right now, that's where people get lost in in your brain. That's I mean, maybe that's more specific to women is what I've heard, yeah. or I tend to find. I mean, again, we don't have as much access to men as we've we've talked previously that we need, but women are usually distracted about remember when this thing went wrong, mm-hmm. or again, if you're really primed to dislike, it's this is a chore. So, no, that shouldn't be what it is because, again, everything's cyclical. So, if your partner's receiving the type of pleasure that they like, they're going to not only – I mean, to me, it's a, such a giant myth that especially male partners don't want their female partners to have pleasure. That is such a myth. Such a myth. Such a myth. It's they just don't huge... always know what we want and they're they, too insecure to ask. And they don't know how to ask because – Or look where their resources came from. Yes, and mainstream media is not teaching men how to ask those kinds of questions in the bedroom. Mainstream media is, teach, or is telling men – and boys, that they have to be confident in the bedroom and that they have to know what they're doing. So if they get to the bedroom and they're not confident, some of them fake it till they make it. Others just clam up and don't talk because they want to pretend that they're confident. But most of the time, they have no idea what they're doing either. Yeah. They're going off they didn't the grow same, up with that body. Yeah, they're, they're going up with the same resources we did, the same porn videos we're watching. All of it's just not And correct. probably more excessive than yes. we do. Yes. Um, but I guess in my experience... When I started asking more questions and stating things that I liked that he was doing, I started receiving those things more. And when I when I went out of my way to make sure that he was being pleasured the way he wanted to be pleasured, I found that I was getting more focus on the areas that I had mentioned that I liked. Mm-hmm. So it's it was very... It's give and take. Give and take. Like give and receive kind of thing. Yeah, like, that's better. Because he might not have known that, oh, like... She said she liked this, so that me like immediately wasn't just a I got to keep doing that. But the more that I kept saying it, and the more that I kept positive reinforcement of like grabbing his leg and squeezing it in the middle of sex, because not all re- positive reinforcement has to be verbal. It can be most of it's not. Most of it's not. A little bit of moaning if you're comfortable moaning, a li- like screaming if you're into that, um, touching your partner like anywhere, anywhere. But I 
have found that for myself, the grabbing and squeezing of, a, of one of his body parts when right. he's doing something that I really like. Tighter. Is, is better. Is better. Yeah. And it, it, it's this direct correlation. Yes. And he, it sticks in his mind better, I should say, because I can tell him a million times over and over again and I don't see a change in the bedroom. But it's also an easy thing for you. Yes. That's. Yes. And I don't. Feel not like uncomfortable. It's not uncomfortable. I don't feel like a broken record. I don't have to try and find it. Well, it's like driving a car, right? It's not like you can put it in cruise control. You yes. have to adjust it as needed. Oh, yeah. And. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so let's talk about real quick. Let's let's take it back. And do you remember the where you learned about oral sex from? Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm sure I saw about it. Saw about it. I'm sure I saw it in. I think. I mean. Um. Okay. So probably like movies mm-hmm. where it was always you couldn't see anything under, like a head under a sheet. Okay. Yeah. That was probably my first. So I remember the exact movie that I learned, and I think I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, but I learned about oral favors for partners with penises from the movie Waiting to Exhale. Yeah, you did mention that. Yeah, Yeah. because um, one of the main characters, teenage or adult son, um, is sitting on a bed and his girlfriend is on her knees with her head in his lap and it's kind of, her head is bobbing up and down. So you don't see anything, but it's very clear that attention is being played or given to a certain part of his body and I was at the age where I was like well I know the male anatomy I know what body part is there and her mouth is on that body part and so it was like it I don't even know I don't want to say fireworks but it was like like a huge light bulb Uh. and I was just like oh like that's what that is and then I I remember feeling like after I'd watched that movie because I think I watched it with my older sister and both of us were really quiet during that scene but I felt like every movie, TV show, anything that we watched after that, there was like a blowjob scene in it. And like, I was just like, God, this is everywhere. This is everywhere. So it became more common that I saw it. Like once I realized what yeah. it was, yeah. I didn't know that it was called blowjob. Um, I think his mom in the movie called it something or, or had... Giving head or something. Something. Um, and so that was what I like referred to it as for a while. And then as I got older, obviously... Fellatio? Maybe something. That word always weirds me out. Um, now that you say that too, I do remember the movie Something About Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those, yeah, like the guy's watching TV and then all of a sudden her head pops up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember that and I was pretty young, I remember, and I think I was with my parents and I definitely don't remember a conversation about it, but I don't really, I mean, I think that probably porn was like the first place I saw like a actual. Oh yeah. Didn't. For sure. Did not like that. Um, I did, I, I've, I've mentioned this before, like, I used to steal my dad's Playboy magazines. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, there were, like, I, there was magazines that, that weren't exactly Playboy, they were different, something else. Yeah. But, um, there were pictures of, of blowjobs or, like, the, the teasing of the, of the penis with the mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's, it's a magazine, so there's no video, there's no action happening. Um, I don't remember how old I was when I watched my first porn video, but I know, that, uh, like, I know that I was still living at home, um... Which is funny because I didn't have a smartphone when I lived in my mom's house. We had dial-up, like a dial-up computer with (laughs) dial-up internet. So I must have been like in the basement, like watching porn on the family computer while everybody was sleeping. (laughs) Um, And I remember, I remember when, right before I moved out. So I was, I was probably 17, maybe 18. um, I lived in the basement my bedroom was down there and my everybody else lived upstairs but I heard noise coming from the family room in the basement and so I came out around the corner and I found my brother um who's three years younger than me watching porn on the family computer and like 
I didn't like mean to freak him out, but I just kind of like screamed because I was like shocked to find like <laughs> actively him watching porn. And so then he like freaked out and just ran upstairs and like we didn't ever talk about it. But I was just like, I'm not the only one. And like, uh, like I'm pretty sure that that was the first porn, like the first access to porn that I had was dial up internet. So it was really slow and that's like, crazy. Uh, I think mine was DVDs. Really? I think so. Yeah. yeah, that was a huge thing in high school, like, when the boys started going into strip clubs, is that, like, when it would be, like, when the porn stars would t- tour, and then they would, like, sell their porn videos. Like, I their... did not know that porn stars toured. <laughs> like... In strip clubs. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's no. a big deal. Oh, yeah. I had no idea that they Oh, did yeah, that. they make massive amounts of money doing that. Wow. Like, yeah. I mean, smart on them, business-wise, but, yeah, I guess I've only ever been to, like, a not fully nude female strip club. Like, it was, like, they had topless. Um... Yeah, I think they had to keep a piece of clothing on them, which the, the dancer, like, she just took her thong and tied it around her ankle or something, so she technically still had <laughs> a piece of clothing on. Um, but but I, I'm pretty sure that that's the only strip club I've ever been to, and it was for my best friend's 18th birthday, so that's it was so like, funny. I was really young, and there, we were with guy friends who I was attracted to, so I was just, like, sitting there like a stone, like, I can see that they're visually into this. And You've I, only like, been to one strip club? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've only ever been to one strip club. Oh, well, I guess we can't really do a podcast on it then. No. I mean, you can. I'll just, like, talk and ask you questions. Oh, I've been there a handful of times. No. I guess, well, I don't know if you would count um, when the Chippendales came to town. Like, no, is that? That's not okay. True. As I was say, like, that's they were dancers. Male synchronized dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I got a girlfriend that loves that shit. <laughs> Sarah Beth. Oh, hey. Yeah. Um, <sighs> yeah, no, I've never been there. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, so we've talked so a lot about we've, we've talked a lot about penis oral favors. So let's talk about. Oh, maybe okay. I, I, well, is there anything else you want to talk about with penis? Oh my god, I could talk about it forever. I think I I just think that it's um, like you had said. <sighs> the way I think about it is like it's to build. It's like a confidence challenge almost. Mm-hmm. It's like when you get to a level of comfort. So now, what do you do? Well, you revel in that for a while because that's fun. But then what's next to amplify? Again, I, I go back to, like, the connection because I just think that when everything is working outside the bedroom, it, it leads to inside and it's it's back and forth. Yeah. And I think, like, I'm smiling like a doofus. A doofus. <laughs> because, like, I, I just keep thinking about my current relationship and just about how, like, when things are good outside of the bedroom between us, like our sex life in the bedroom is really great. Mm-hmm. And so it, I definitely see the relationship of the, of the correlation there. Um, and I, I have also noticed that out, like when we try different things in the bedroom or when I focus more on his pleasure and making and being vo- verbal about, I want to make sure that he is getting as much pleasure as possible out of the moment that the next day outside of the bedroom, like he's a little bit more intimate in other ways and like a little bit more verbal about, like, giving me compliments and, like, like he's just, oh, yeah. his mood you, is different. Like, right, because that positive connection seeps out. Like, it yes. just follows. And it's, it's like, a, cologne. Addictive. Yeah. Like, it really is. Right. Well, it's joy. It's the highest level of vibration. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't you? And that's what's great about, like, like, we talk about personal, this is how it's all connected because your personal development, right? Like, when you're living that way, which, wherever it starts first, if you just, like, start being nicer to each other outside the bedroom, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that... I don't know which the chicken and the egg. I don't know no. which. And I don't think it matters, no. to be honest. It's just, 
have the conversation with your partner if you want to, or you just pick your side. Where, where are you going to start? Are you going to be nicer outside the bedroom or inside the bedroom yeah. first? Which is easier for you to let down your guard and your pride from time to time and not have to have a last word or go go back in your brain and say, doesn't matter if I'm right. Doesn't matter if I'm It doesn't matter if I'm right. It just, what will this matter in 45 minutes when I'm like, it's time to go to bed? Mm-hmm. And you, you can decide, I think, at 8 a.m. how your day is going to go if you have an end goal of what's going to happen at the end of your night. You know yeah. what I mean? And if you're intentional about that, even if you're like, well, I'm be so tired at 8 o'clock. Okay, so then what are you going to do to keep that energy up between you and your partner to make sure? Everybody's got shit. Everybody's got to make a living. Everybody has got relationships, whether it's for children, for babies, your employees, your employer, mm-hmm. your church, your organizations. Everybody has something. Yeah. Somebody to care for. So... I, I I think that it almost sounds preachy, but it's so much easier when you put work into it when... It's like a garden, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if the weeds grow, you, sometimes it's easier to walk away. Yeah. Right? But when it's... You, you get your first cucumber, <laughs> you're like, well, I want more cucumbers, so it'll be easier for me just to tend to this garden and keep it up as it, as it is. Um and I can say that because I was not like that in previous relationships. Same. 100% same. Yeah. I can think of a couple just off the top of my head that I wouldn't even call relationships because I didn't give them the chance to go grow into relationships because I was just like, I saw one little problem area and one little weed and I was just like, I'm just going to walk away. There's something, there's a better garden somewhere else. And so now yeah. this, this relationship that I have is definitely a, a flourishing garden that takes... Like, it, like a real garden, I mean, all these metaphors, but a real garden, you have to weed more than one, like, or de-weed more than once. So it's it's not just a, oh, I'm going to pull this weed and it's never going to regrow. Right. That doesn't exist to, anywhere, yeah, ever. Anywhere, yeah. Ever. So, so you just have to attend to it daily. Yeah. Weekly, monthly. Every and whatever day. you want to grow. Pumpkins. Yeah. Zucchini. <laughs> whatever you want to grow, grow it. Yes. And if you don't like that, grow something else. Yeah, but just know that you're going to get out of it what you put into it. Correct. So, just like anything else in life, in my opinion, you get out of the universe what you put into it. So, Mm -hmm. just know that if you want a better sex life, if you want a better out-of-the-bedroom relationship, it's got to start somewhere. It does. Yeah, and I'm I'm telling you, I think that when we talk about this, like, like you had said, it's on evolution overnight. Even if you are in your forever relationship, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be... I mean, and here's the... the, I think you should... Look from the outside in instead of the inside out. Because what we think about is how great is it going to be. Or no. That's what that's what you need to think about. We think about where we've come from. Yeah. we've We're stuck in the past. We're stuck thinking about all of our past failures, past successes, everything. Right. We're comparing what we used to yes. do, have, whatever. Yes. And what you can think about if it's this good now, how good can it get? Oh, yeah. And it, it's we compare things all the time. It could be something as small as... Oh, well, he didn't like this last time, so I know he's not going to like it now. Or or I bet he won't like it this time. Or he, my old partner didn't like this thing I'm doing, so I get this guy's not going to like it either. Like, you have to stop living in the past. As long as you have open communication with your partner, your current partner that you're in the bedroom with or out of the bedroom with, you can have the confidence to try new things or do things over again. Try them again, like, try them again, but switch it up a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely, for sure. Um, and that never means that it, it's not working. It just yeah. Sometimes you switch up your ice cream. 
Exactly. It's I have a, different kinds of ice cream I like to eat in the summer versus the winter. Oh my god, this pregnancy is killing me because I am an ice cream lover, mm. and I have not had ice cream in like two weeks because I just the thought of it. I'm just like, that's too much sugar. That's going to make me nauseous. I'm not going to feel good afterwards. And so I've been eating a ton of fresh fruit, and that's probably why I'm losing all this weight. But <laughs> like, I've been eating a ton of watermelon, and like, I still have like chocolate. Like, I switched from a gallon, eating a gallon of ice cream every night to having like a Hershey's chocolate bar at night because I still want a little bit of sweet chocolate. But I don't need the full tub of ice cream. So anyway, sorry. Small pregnancy brain. <laughs> pregnancy brain, okay? Small pregnancy brain. Uh, so I would say um, maybe we, depending on what kind of feedback and any questions that might come up, we can always come back with a part two in terms of what do you, well, I think we will talk about like actual physical anatomy. Anatomy. Because you don't, you don't have a penis. How do you know what to do with it? You oh, don't. Yeah. That's why, again, communication comes into play. But I think it is more than just asking your partner, like, what do you like? It's, like, understanding how the body works. And, and, and like, and I mean, like, in depth. Because then you'll understand why pleasure works the way that it does. Yes. but And I will stress that every penis is going to be slightly different. Every vagina is going to be slightly different. The basic, and they're all normal. And it's all 100%. The basic anatomy is what's the same between everybody. But... What works for one penis isn't going to work for the next necessarily. Right, because that also draws back to previous experiences and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, that Reddit and Google are definitely what, when I was trying to like figure out how to, how to be better in the bedroom, like I was definitely that girl that like tried to do a little bit of research about the penis and the anatomy because I had no idea about it. And that's where I learned about where hand placement makes a difference when you're gripping a penis to, for pleasure and mouth placement and different things that you can do with your fingers and lips for teeth. Oh my God. And you know, I remember, I think it was like a, one of those like college funny type move, Kager mm-hmm. movies or yeah. whatever. Um, and what's her name? Jenna Jameson. She, do you remember who that is? The name sounds familiar. Jenna Jameson. She's like one of the largest porn stars ever. Ah, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so old. Alas, I bet my husband knows. I bet he knows. But he's old, too. Yeah, thanks for that. You're welcome. Um, so she was, like, like did, like, a guest spot in a movie or something. And I remember her, like, it was, like, a college, but it doesn't matter what it was. Like, she was giving advice, and she said, don't ever use a lubricant. That's the stupidest thing, like, you could ever do. Like, use use your spits, the best lubricant you could ever and I and I remember I don't know I was young but I was like that sounds like terrible advice to me like not young enough to know that that was I mean I feel like that's inaccurate I feel like it's inaccurate because lubricant during oral favors does a lot what's that using a lubricant during oral favors can help you oh yeah yes okay I heard you wrong a lot yes yeah because for me personally let's just talk about it for me personally my spit does not make it like smooth like so it's not enough it's, yeah it's, it's not enough. too much friction and i do not want to be like just hawking a loogie on a penis like that's not sexy that's not that's porn yeah it is um but like a little bit of lubricant not over saturation or whatever right. um it helps with the gliding of my lips on the penis it makes it pleasurable and i feel like it, it lessens the chance of an accidental teeth slip like and where the teeth graze the penis. Yeah. Because that's definitely happened. And I've, like, stopped. I'm like, oh, are you okay? And he's just like, no, that kind of felt good. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so, like, <laughs> light, start, light, 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 light. start to play. But you start to learn technique. Yeah. And confidence. Yeah. Things, and you stop. You, 
using lubricant has helped me stop worrying about the accidental teeth graze. Sure. Teeth well, right. Well, and we, we, you'd mentioned this on a previous podcast to remember. I mean, a penis is an incredibly absorbent organ. Oh, so absorbent. Yeah. And so, so that's another, that's a great point because you could spit on that penis at the beginning and make it great. But between you like sucking some things up and the penis absorbing it, it could be dry halfway through. And I don't want to stop and start spitting, spitting again. again. Like that's not, my mouth is going to be dry by some point. Right. Right. And, um, you know, as most people know, there's tons of different options out there. You can get, like, a flavorless one if you want to, but just to think about the fact that, like, even if you use a tiny bit of lubricant, that will help to produce extra saliva. Yes. So um, that'll be helpful. My only PSA about flavored lubricants is that there are some... Sugar-free. Get sugar-free, get calorie-free, all of that. Um, Vegan-friendly if you can. Um, just because, you know, animals. Um, but be... It's like... To me, flavored lubricant is like Ben and Jerry's. There's a million different flavors that you can choose from. But just know that some flavors or scents can be overpowering. Um, I tried one that was Belgian waffles and it smelled like, it tasted great. Like I enjoyed it for my partner. It smelled like syrup, but it was so overpowering that he was getting distracted and he lost his erection because he was just like, he's like, I'm just really hungry now. Like I just want to go eat food. <laughs> so oh, like, what? It, it got to the point where my he, God. he, the scent was so overpowering in the bedroom that he like stopped thinking about what was happening to his penis and started thinking about making dinner. And so <laughs> like, I would just, my little PSA is if that happens, don't feel bad. <clears throat> um, just try a different flavored lubricant because the scent might be too strong. I've also had feedback from clients that they tried a flavor because they were like, oh, I really like strawberry kiwi or something. And that it didn't taste the way they were expecting it to. So it turned them off of, of using it. And so then they just stopped using lubricant altogether during oral, oral favors. So just know that it's, again, it's like the ice cream. It's it, you try one and you don't like it, try something else. Right. But keep trying. Yeah, absolutely. Try, try um, yeah, so we can always do a part two on that particular portion. Um, yes, I think it's probably important to talk about, I mean, one, obviously we can't talk about being givers. I can't say that I've ever given oral to a female body. So. Oh, to a vagina? No. Yeah, so I can only talk about receiving. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Same. Um, I can talk about my fears about giving. I mean, I'm... Yeah. But, um, but yeah, with receiving. So, for me personally, I mean, it's no secret if you've ever seen me a picture of me or met me in person, I'm a bigger woman. And for me, I feel like I don't feel enough of anything when I have partners go down on me orally like I, it's just not enough stimulation for myself so I just don't feel any pleasure from it and I almost feel like it's just like what like, a for effort but <laughs> it's just not getting me anywhere so I would much rather have your fingers or have a toy or just have your penis because um, I have only ever had sex with a partner with a penis mm -hmm. before um but so it's it's for me in my current relationship with Brett like that was a conversation that we had to have because he thought that I was like turning, denying him because he really likes giving. Like, it's funny because he, we both like giving, but we both kind of dislike receiving. And so that was one of his things where he was just like, he was like, Oh, I really want to, I really want to. And I was just like, no, no, no. And then finally I was just like, okay. And then it wasn't pleasurable for either of us because I wasn't into it, which then translated to he wasn't into it. And so now we just kind of have this understanding where I'm like, I'm not, it's not tit for tat in this department of oral favors. Like, I will love you more if you don't make me like sit through that like awkward <laughs> face. Like it really like that's how I feel about it. But there's <laughs> other things that he does for me in the bedroom that 
to me is like it's is equivalent. It, it's equivalent, yes, and and equal. But that's just my, that's my experience. But it's not just with bread. Believe me, it's with every male partner that's ever tried to give me oral favorites. It's just I don't. I honestly don't know if it's a mental block. I don't know if it's just overstimulation with the the bedroom accessories that I've used over the years. But I I've always equated it to my weight and to that it's just there's not enough sensation down there for me from a tongue or lips. I definitely enjoy I enjoy fingers down there, but. <laughs> I enjoy my partner's thing. I'll say that, but this yeah, is my level of what I get, what I get out of it. But I have a lot of free female friends that <laughs> um, have talked about receiving oral sex, and they say it's the best thing in the world, and that they enjoy it more than they enjoy penetration. Penetration, yeah, which so, is okay and normal. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah, exactly. And for some people, they just like to mix it up. It's whatever you like. Yeah. And I would also say that, so as we talked about earlier, you know, when women, um, well, not just, female bodies, I think you should, would be probably the way you'd say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, when female bodies start producing those hormones where bodies start to change and you have things like discharge and um, what have you, that doesn't go away <laughs> as you get older. So you should never feel bad about the way your body is because it's just meant to be that way. And you should be with a partner that doesn't care about those things. And it might be that you only feel confident to even give it a try, fresh out of the shower, freshly waxed, shaven, whatever your routine needs to be, light, no light, put a blindfold on your partner, put on a shirt, Winnie the Pooh it, whatever you want to do. <laughs> whatever you want to do. All right. Um, it's whatever makes you comfortable. Maybe you just start with, um, like mutual masturbation. Maybe, maybe it's just like you were saying earlier. Maybe just hands. Maybe it's bedroom accessories, and maybe it it escalates to whatever you wanted to do. But maybe it never gets there, and maybe you decide it's uh what you were talking about earlier. Just have a different preference on your type of pleasure. That's what's amazing about I, we. It's it's interesting because you have nerve endings from the top of your head to the tip of your toe. So literally anything can be pleasurable, and I, that's why I always encourage like my clients to use their bedroom accessories above the waist everywhere. Like I find um, I really enjoy like something on the base of my neck because mm-hmm. we look down on our screen so much that it just. Ugh. Like, people just don't think about that. So, my my lesson is is to literally just check from head to toe. Oh, yeah. Check from head to toe because you never know, like, what's going to increase and amplify. But it is a proven fact that areas like areola, nipples, clitoris, tip of the penis. Inner thighs. Inner th- oh, yeah. Inner thighs. Anything in the pelvic region. It, it uh, uh, A tush massage. Sometimes even, like, um, like lower belly rub because... You know, especially for people that have reproductive organs, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's all crucial. I mean, I love a tush rub because previously working at a desk job where I was chained to a chair for 12 hours a day, like my butt gets sore in, in chairs. And so it's, and now that I have, you know, chiropractic hips that are twisted and we're trying to force them back into their proper place. Like, that is, to me, the most amazing thing is a little tush. If you've never gotten one. Just... Yeah, I highly recommend it, too. Yeah. I don't I don't think... It, I think people... Some people can really be easily uncomfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I, I can understand why, but 
Like, if you just let go of the fact, like, so the the yoga that I do through YouTube with Adrienne, mm-hmm. she said, she calls them your sit bones. And I'm like, that is so smart. Yeah. Like, if you don't call it anything other than a sit bone, you don't think of it like a butt. Yeah. You don't think of it like in a sexual way. You don't think of it in an... Right. Like, any other muscle. You yeah. sit on that thing forever, of course you're going to need a good massage. And then, yeah, absolutely can stimulate blood flow. Yeah, so that's why all those types of foreplay are important, in my opinion. But, yeah, I would um, I would say that what I tend to find when it comes to speaking about um, oral with clients is that it's pretty 50-50. Mm-hmm. It's either they love it or they hate it. Yeah. Um, and it's just so interesting. Because I, and it's a myriad of different types of women, so it's oh, yeah. from every background it's from every age range um well and i i think it has it really has a lot to do with anatomy i mean i think some of it has to do with the psychological mental blocks and things like that where you know we're overthinking things but i think a lot of it just does is basic anatomy because labia lips are different sizes different shapes right your clitoris is actually um like 80 percent internal right um on on the st- quote unquote, if there is a standard anatomy. Um, but I think that it's, there are some women that their, their clitoris is more internal than external. There's women that they have a larger external presence right. in their clitoris. So they receive more pleasure from oral favors. So it's just, if you're, if you think you're stuck in a mental block, break it down to my body's just not built the same as other women to the T. Um, so it just might be that you're, nerve endings just aren't picking up the the same amount of pleasure from oral flavors as they do from other things. So it's right. totally normal. Right. Totally okay. Yes. Mixing it up and finding what feels good for sure. Um, and, you know, I also remember there was a period of time where one of the bedroom accessories that we came out with was, like, one of the, like, overall best-selling oral stimulators that I'd ever, ever sold. And I was, I was so intrigued by that. Because it, it mimicked basically the way that a human tongue would move up and down. Oh, yeah. And, like, you would demo that thing and ladies' jaws would just hit the floor. And it's like, so obviously there's interest. Yeah. <laughs> there's interest. Um, so if there is, an explore it. Find out what's going to oh, yeah. be good. And there's also nothing wrong with, um, you know, like... Having oral but incorporating additional things, you can you can include anal play for yourself. You could include penetration uh, with yourself or a partner. I think it's incredibly important, like just to figure out what feels good solo, because then you feel more confident. Oh, I was just yeah, I was just thinking that that this is to me the importance of masturbation and self discovery and exploration. Because if you don't know what you like, then how are you? How do you expect somebody else to figure it out? Mm-hmm. Like you have to take the time and effort to figure out your own body before you introduce a second body, because then you'll be better equipped to communicate with that, that other person and let them know what feels good and doesn't feel good. Right. Or if like something starts to feel good and you're like, Oh, just do this thing, like move slightly to the right. And it's going to increase my pleasure because that's what happens when I do it by myself. Like all, all of those small little details yeah. matter. Yeah. And they all add up. Yes. And, um, I think that it's also just important to incorporate back to that communication aspect is that like, you know, if it's like important to your partner, find out why, like if like, if you're like either side of the fence, like if they're the giver and they don't want to, or you're the receiver and you don't want to find out like what that's about. Because again, you can either substitute or compromise, or you can maybe try to discover why it would work in a different situation with a different person. Mm -hmm. So 
it's all good as long as it feels nice. And it's consensual. Yeah, and nobody's getting hurt. Yeah. <laughs> as we like to say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Moral of the story is you're an Etch-A-Sketch. Shake it up. Try again. It's the most fun homework. Oh, yeah. Ever. Ever. If you need an excuse, just say that you got some homework today and you got to try it out. Right. They won't be disappointed. No, not at all. Mm-mm. By the way, 69 is not really a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw that in there. Although I will say, if you're like a female that's self-conscious about her weight, just sit on his face. It's okay. He's oh yeah, He's like if it's it, fine. It, well, I mean, like <laughs> legit, like if they say it's fine, do it. Like, oh, it, yeah, yeah, that shouldn't be something you should be afraid of. No, and if you are like you want to try it, but they've not never brought it up, ask them. Like, ask them if you can sit on their face. Like, they're an adult. Hopefully, yes. they'll learn how. If they can't breathe, they'll move. They'll move, or they'll, they'll tap you on the leg. Yeah. Um, but I also think that that that's incredibly important. Is that like, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like so romantic in a bed, like the way that people think it is. Like, it's whatever works for you. Like I, like I think about like why don't women ever just exercise their femininity and power and just whatever works. Yeah. Whatever works outside the bedroom. Where and I don't know. I'm in outside the bedroom, but like. Have you never tried different positions in your life? Yeah, girl. Well, I'm not. Like, yeah, that was rhetorical. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. But um, <coughs> you're. I don't know. Okay. Some of the s'mores tips you've given me have worked. So thanks. For <laughs> <that>. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Like that's that's a good point. Is that I I hope that you know. Some of our listeners have, you know, friends, I was going to say girlfriends, but it could be anyone that you feel comfortable talking to about sexual things, you know, not necessarily to get sexual with your friends, but swap stories and hear their, hear their bad moments and hear their good times and what worked for them, what didn't work for them, but take it with a grain of salt. Don't take it as like, you know, as that their experiences are the standards or right. their experiences are normal or if yours don't don't match up to theirs and there's something wrong with you, not at all. Every body is different. Every sexual experience is different between different partners. Um, but know that it's okay to ask questions. If you're not sure if something is normal or if something makes you uncomfortable in the bedroom but you don't know what to talk about, message Rachel or I and just be like, hey, uh, yeah. so I had this, you know, had this encounter. I'm not sure if it's quote unquote, okay, or acceptable, normal, whatever. And most of the time it's going to be, was it consensual? Did anyone get hurt? You know, were you having Did it feel fun? good? Did it feel good? Um, if all three of those things are positive answers, then yes, it's You're normal. Fine. You're fine. Okay. Exactly. It's your story. It's, it's the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> yes. Um, so the next thing I will say real quickly um, as well is that, like, we, t- we go back to, like, how do you find it enjoyable? How do you make it enjoyable? It goes back to that partner pleasing is something that you want to be able to to do. But I would also say, like, I think that if you're not utilizing your hormone cycle, like, as you become more in tune with yourself and you become more accepting of the fact that, you know, like, it is a fact every every woman who has menstruated ever in their life knows that they can sync up with other women. Uh-huh. So if that happens, plus it works with moon cycles, like, there's something to that. And what I say is that biologically, your hormones spike. So, one, if you're trying to get pregnant, okay, be in the best frame of mind and do it a couple days before your period for sure. Um, but my point is really more utilize that time. Utilize that time, I think, to um, 
put that focus into your partner. You're going to be high on these hormones anyway. And I know Jess knows what I'm talking about already with pregnancy hormone. It's like riding that wave for nine months straight. So utilize that euphoric feeling for whatever's going and I know some people don't feel that I know that but if you tap into it Mm -hmm. if you tap into it and use it for its advantages then it will become a beautiful thing and that'll just create more deepened connection between you and your partner as well and increase that pleasure something I've never done but I feel like you've mentioned before and I wish that I would have started doing the moment I started menstruating when I was nine years old I don't even remember I was young um I wish that I would have journaled my daily um, moods and s- tried to see the correlation between my period. And oh yeah, that's like, something I'm just now discovering now. Yeah, because I, I, I never even thought about growing up or going through PMS and things like that. That there's that a cycle affected. Yeah, yeah, and, and how deep it affects me, and how it affects everything it's in my int- life. Intricate, it very it's beyond my control. Exactly, and <laughs> yeah. how all of these. I'm like, God, every month I feel like shit. Like, no, nah, it's your period. Um, and you never think about it. Never thought about it. Yeah. It was never pointed out to me. It was never anything. I mean, if anything, it was just be like, oh, you're it's your crazy. Time yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Um, so if you have young daughters who are starting to menstruate or or have. You know, or recently, if they're nine and ten, talk to them now. Yes, and encourage them to just write down daily, like how was my mood today? How did I feel today? It doesn't have to be like a ten-page journal every day. Just really quick, jot it down. How did you feel? Yay or nay? And then teach them to to track that and track their cycle. And that's the other thing: track your cycles. I never did, like until I was way past intimacy and like. Into was, my sex life, like I was sixteen, I used birth control to do it. Now, I even even though my tubes are tied, I still track mine. Oh no, still I, I did it. not until I was twenty four, twenty five, way past my virginity. Like, my mom never told me why it was important. Though. No, and I don't think she knows. Anytime I ever went to the doctor or like the OB, and they were like, "Oh, when was your last cycle?" I was like, <laughs> "People know that." Like, yeah, I had no idea. I would just guess. I would yeah. just randomly pick a day on the calendar and be like, "Oh, it was that day." Yeah. So. um it's magical that I got pregnant when I did because <laughs> I just now started tracking my cycle. Yeah. So we got to get this podcast wrapped up, which was um, definitely a healthy mix of the topic that we picked 25 seconds into the <laughs> podcast. Um, also, um, I mean, that is, it is what, what it is. I think that it, it, that it's all incorporated together anyway. So it deepens the overall experience, not just when you're talking about giving and receiving oral favors as we did here today. So, um, I'm pretty sure we'll just, we'll actually pick a topic for next week. So we feel a little bit more prepared. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So, uh, thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. We'll go ahead and, uh, let Anderson wrap it up with tell us where you can be found one more time. Photos with Anderson.com or on Facebook. You can also search for my private group for women 18 or older. It's boudoir photos with Anderson. Yay. Yay. Excellent. Um, and as I said, cooking in Chef Tone's kitchen's happening. There's the VIP page that happens. There's the beginner's guide to wellness that happens. There is the Instagram that happens and the stories. And I'm pretty sure that's just about it. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. So, uh, again, thanks so much for tuning in. If you feel like you got value from this, if you feel like you have a girlfriend that needs to hear this, um, only because that's who we can relate to as best we can as heterosexual white women, because that sucks. Some days. <laughs> Some days. Uh, but we love all the people and wish them the best. So we'll be back next Wednesday for something fun. Yeah. In this it's category. I like it. Yeah, it, it works. Uh, all right. So stay happy, stay healthy, and wash your hands, folks. Bye. Bye.